Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Everybody and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Tuesday night. It is August the 2nd, 2011, and you are listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. We have a ton to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the NFL. We have a theme for tonight. It's David Bowie's Changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes. I'm going to sing that 200 times tonight, and uh, Cal is going to throw something at me. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL. New faces, new places. The lockout is over. Free agents moving all over the place. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball. Trade deadline has come and gone. Some teams did a lot. The Yankees did nothing. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Islanders. Last night we did a special RTU about the referendum vote on uh, the new Coliseum in Nassau County. The Islanders lost and lost big. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, some stuff in the fun load. That's going to be fun. So let's just do this. Let's get it on. Ready to unload episode 11-21. Cal, did you catch that? Dash 21. Dash 21. A couple weeks ago, Cal uh, complained that I was naming the episodes like 11-20, 11-19, making it look like we had done 1,119 episodes. This have not been on since 1986. Uh, and, uh, so yes, 11 dash 21. How are you, Cal? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Long time. No speak, Steve. Yeah. It's been almost, uh, a little bit more than 24 hours, a little bit more than 24 hours since we were right here in this spot, but we have, there's so much sports to talk Cal, We couldn't stay away. No, let's, no. let's talk sports. Why don't we do let's that? Let's talk sports. We, uh, are, are being produced tonight by the Bishop pop culture, PJ, the Pooh. He is behind the glass with his nose very close to the glass, uh, producing. We're also uh, we also uh, have some other people here. We have some other people around. Maybe 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 they'd like to say hello. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe we can stop getting those angry letters and emails now, because he's back. It's not a big deal. It's a cow. No, let's not make a big deal out of it. Not cow. a big deal. You know, it's just he's back. It's not a big. It's not a big circus. No, we're not going to make a big production out of this. It's not Gollum. It's not Andy Circus. It is just Doctor Erase that Doctor. How you doing, boys? I like how eleven dash twenty one sounds like it's season eleven, episode twenty one. <laughs> there you go. Great. You guys have been around for a long time, and <laughs> I, I, I love it. it again. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> now I can change it again. That's great. Now we're now we're cheers. That's fantastic. That's great. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, uh, Ev. It is very good to have you providing uh, nutritious and delicious statistics all night long, Lionel Richie style. Cal, my friend, let's talk about this Islander referendum thing. Okay, let's put a button on it. You want to button it? 
Yeah, previously on Ready to Unload. <laughs> Last time on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Right. On a very special Moesha. <laughs> Let's talk about where we left off last night, because as we went off the air last night, the Islander, the Nassau County Arena uh, referendum vote, the the the, ball, the polls had closed when we went off last night, correct? Polls were closed. That's it. No more votes. Good day, sir. You- and the last, the, the last piece of information that I had given was there was a late surge in yes votes. Yeah, and that turned out to be baloney. Well, no. If if it wasn't baloney, then that's really embarrassing if there was a late surge in yes votes. Right, because uh, this referendum got crushed. What was the final numbers, Cal? Like 53 to uh, 47, maybe? It was where either it was like 58% to 42%. It got crushed. The, the vote of no confidence in Chancellor Wong was Not very strong. So the Islanders are turned down for their new arena. The referendum is turned down uh, for the $350 million that would have been set aside for a publicly funded arena where the revenue would have gone back. We covered all this yesterday with Scotty Isles. He was great. Right. We covered all this. You know, where do the Isles go now, Cal? What happened today? Well, today, the Nassau County Executive Edward Mangano came up. He unveiled his Plan B, which he had all along, I guess. And now he's putting out requests for proposals for development on that land. So if you have an idea and you want to build something on that land in Nassau County, send it into uh, <laughs> they're taking any Mangano. They're taking the RFP is for anything, any proposal you want, whatever you want to do. <laughs> any proposal that Dr. E. Ray that may fly. Dr. E. Ray suggests uh, a giant orange Julius on Long <laughs> Island. On Long Island, that may go. Except that the Islanders have to be there for the next five years, four years. That's correct. Or four years. Right. right. Actually, three and a half years, really. Yeah. Uh, now, Pop Culture PJ, do you have any uh, proposals for the for the Nassau County uh, area there? Do you have a proposal for them? Something perhaps they can put in place of the Coliseum? He's speechless. I think, I think he wants to put – I think he wants to put a giant Orange Julius. I think he likes the Orange Julius idea. That's a good idea. Yes, he is. He might be having problems with his microphone. Or he might be having problems with his cat. We don't know. There could be a lot of things. Maybe the cat's got the mic. (laughs) The cat has the microphone again. Anyway, uh, they are uh, accepting uh, accepting all proposals right now. So basically this leaves Charles Wong to be like, well, you know what? I'm here. There he is. Just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Peach, would you, uh, what would you recommend they put there instead of the Nassau Coliseum? I, I figured a, a retro fitness a workout <laughs> world. <laughs> like, in, like an 80s workout world, though? Old school. Yeah. Free weights. Matter of fact, you could probably get some of the ladies to take the place apart. That's right. That's right. That, that, that may fly. You should put, the, put something together and send it I, to you. I'll have a proposal by tomorrow morning. That's right. Send it to Edward Mangano. Doctor He's accepting them all. Dr. Ray has another fantastic idea, a giant Buttles gym. <laughs> now, that's funny to those of us who grew up on Long Island. Oh, boy. Uh, Greg Buttle was a linebacker with the New York Jets in the 80s. And uh, after he is now the voice of the, uh, the Jets on uh, 1050 Radio. Right. He's one, he does the pregame and the post, right? He's on SNY for the Jets and stuff like that. He had a, uh, a chain of gyms, Buttles. He did. You want to know what the Greg Buttles gym is today? What, the one that was in Comac? Yeah. 
What is it? Uh, it's a Pet Supplies Plus. Excellent. Just that's what he always, just what he dreamed of. That's what it's turned into. I thought you were going to tell me it was a Kenny Shroy's, and it was a gym. <laughs> it, was, it was Johnny Land Jones gym <laughs> workout uh, spa. My, the Mike Augustiniak experience. The, the Bob Crable. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we can name a million ex-Jets. Anyway, uh, so let's let's tie up the Islanders here, Steve. Let's button it. Um, they're screwed. Uh, they, well, oh, they looked well, for, at, that, for that particular. Look, right. They immediately looked to Barclays, Cal, right? They're going to look to Barclays, but then uh, it came out today that while the Barclays Center in Brooklyn that's being built will be acceptable for hockey, I think the capacity is only like 14,000 seats for a hockey game with many obstructed view seats. So it's not an ideal, it's not an ideal solution at this point. It's not any worse than what they have now. It's nothing worse than what they have now, except <laughs> that it would be 2,500 seats less. By the way, can we get a name for that place? I mean, I know it's not built yet, but the new arena in Brooklyn where the uh, the Nets are going to play, can we get a name? Other, or do you like the Barclays? Well, I mean, the, everything is corporately sponsored these days, so it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. We, but, <laughs> you know, but we need, we need something like the Prudential Center now, the new place that they built in Newark is The Rock because of the Prudential Center. What, what goes with Barclays? Barclays to me sounds like a cigar. Yeah, have a Barclays. I don't know why do British people smoke cigars? I'm sure they do. That's yeah. um, <laughs> thanks. You really backed me up on that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, that that is a good name for it, Doctor Ray. The Champagne Room. That'll be good. Nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the Islanders uh, and and their owner Charles Wong are going to have to look at other um, venues. They're going to have to look at other places. So, you know, another logical place, Cal, is Queens is obviously to look to City Field where the Mets are. Right next door, there's the, the chop shops. For those of you who have never seen uh, Queens, where City Field is in Flushing, uh, there is a series of chop shops, literally chop shops, uh, next to City Field. So you have this uh, really nice, cool, retro-slash-modern uh, ballpark, and then next door you can get your Lincoln broken down in 10 minutes. Yeah, think of the opening to the old show Sanford and Son. That's exactly, and that's exactly what it looks like. And we're not talking about like a couple miles away. No, it's, it's next yeah. Door. Like if you're standing at City Field, if you turn around, in fact, there are places in City Field where you could be standing at the Shake Shack, and if you turn your head, right there are the chop shops. Right, you can see them <laughs> taking apart an El Dorado in uh, 35 seconds. Literally, yeah. But you, th there's always been talk of knocking that down, Cal, and putting something there and making City Field a sports entertainment destination. Well, there are, and that news came out today, is that the request for proposals for that land, for the Willits Point, it's, it's Willits Point, it's not the chop shop zone, it's, it's actually Willits Point, but, um, but they're looking for proposals uh, by September for that area. So there you go. So Charles Wong can start putting together a... Uh, a proposal for that and maybe move there and, and, and who knows where the, the bottom line here is this the voters of NASA which is their right in a democracy that we're supposedly in uh, the, the residents of NASA said no to this uh, basically because they latched onto the idea that there were going to be taxes and they didn't like that development of the land right uh, the larger question is will they ever develop that land 
And uh, my answer is uh, good luck trying to get somebody to take down an asbestos-filled building. You know, what I, what's stunning to me, when we kind of surmised that it was going to fail yesterday, I was just shocked at, at how much it failed. I mean, it was. I mean, the, the no voters were out in force yesterday, and they yeah, really, they got they got slammed. They really got. I mean, it wasn't close. Yeah. Well, the, the, this is what the opposition to the arena did was they got every look. This is a classic baby boomer situation, Cal. Right? The baby boomers in Nassau County who don't want their taxes raised. This is exactly what they want. They want somebody else to build it. They want it done. Well, they want to keep the Islanders here. Well, and all the politicians. That's what they were saying today. Right, they want somebody else to build it, and they want somebody else to pay for it. So yeah, no, no, we want to keep the Islanders here, but we want somebody else to build it. We don't want to pay for it, and we and we want somebody else to pay for it. It's classic baby boomer attitude, by the way. Classic. Tired of the baby boomers, my friend. Step aside. Oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> ruining things. You're very You're selfish. You're such a young punk. Am I, I am. fighting the establishment? Exactly. So anyway, we did that show yesterday on that. It stinks. We hope not to lose the Islanders. We're going to talk about that a little later on in the show uh, with Dr. E. Ray uh, about uh, you know what to do if we do lose the team. He has some thoughts on that. If you do lose your team, maybe a fresh slate. Maybe they need a fresh slate. If I'm the Islanders, I'm like, get out of there. Well, I think that's how Charles Wong feels. Because Nassau County has essentially said no to him. How many times? How many times does he have to keep going back to them? He is jilted. getting rejected. He is a jilted owner. He is. Hey, you know, guess what? The Islanders, yeah. <laughs> the, the New York Islanders were trending in uh, Canada today. In, I, I bet, no doubt, in Quebec. In, in Quebec. In Quebec, uh, les, les Islanders. Yeah. No, the, it's got to be singular, right? Singular, yeah. Les Islanders. If they go to Quebec, can we say things like, they are so sweet. Did you see the island there last night? It's so nice. I'm I'm making fun of my people. Yep. And you're a French Canadian, and nobody knew it. You're a quarter Canuck. Uh, So anyway, uh, let's move on. Now, nobody has spent this much time on the Islanders. There's There's only one thing left for them to do now. You know what it is. Are you going to go Jake Taylor on me? Maybe I will. <laughs> Without the expletive? Without the expletive. I can't. It's it's only 944. Say it in French. <laughs> <laughs> They're a hockey team. Say it in French. Win the whole thing. Yeah. That's all that's left for them to do. Win the whole Matt, thing this year. Matt, or how about if they win and then they move? That'd be, that'd be, well, now that you know what they are, though? They're the Charlestown Chiefs. Then. Right. That's right. In this scenario, they're in slap shot. Like, they have absolutely nothing to lose now after that vote went down. By the way, speaking of slap shot, before we get into the baseball and the football, yeah, I'd like to bring Dr. E. Ray Stad in here for a quick minute. Uh-oh. Because uh, in the interim and in the time that he was uh, away from us uh, on assignment in Bulgaria, of all places, um... Dr. E. Ray Stat texts me and says, I'm watching Slapshot. What's up with this movie? <laughs> All right. That, that may be paraphrasing the text. But, well, let's, uh, let's get more accurate here. I, okay. I told you that I watched the last 10 minutes of Slapshot, <laughs> having never seen anything else. That was an important so you, distinction, though. You could, you could imagine my confusion when <laughs> um, I'm, I'm watching a half-naked hockey player 
skating around the rink to to rousing applause and trying to figure out how this is a great sports movie. How did right? How did your text was basically more like how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> why is and why is why is Ned skating around the ice taking his clothes off and people are going crazy? And I I tried to explain the subtle irony of that to you, Doctor Ray. That's you have to watch the whole movie to see. Yeah. It's yeah. ironic. I realize that now. Have Did you go back and watch the movie or no? Right. No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> Did you watch like, Young Blood instead? I left it up to my own imagination. It sounds awesome. <laughs> Did you watch Young Blood instead? Did you watch Racky and Young Blood? <laughs> do you know that? By the way, guys, do you know that you can get both a Racky and a Young Blood uh, jersey? By the way. Yes. You can get like the T-shirt. Jerseys. What was the name of that team, boys? Five dollars. I don't get it. What was the name of the team? The Mustangs. Ah. Yes. And what was uh, what was Patrick Swayze's name in that movie? Beefcake. <laughs> it was. Uh, what the hell was his name? Swenson. Punch it up. Punch it up for us. I don't remember. And who was the goaltender in that game? What actor played the goaltender in that movie? I should say. Oh, boys, come on. Keanu Reeves was Derek Sutton. Derek Sutton. I knew Keanu, was Keanu Reeves was the goaltender? Keanu Reeves is the goaltender in that movie. Yes, he was. Heaver. Heaver. Based on, obviously, Lee Cheever. Jerry Cheever. <laughs> and him, too. Maybe, maybe it was based on Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Cal, while we were away, we had like a week and a half off. You were on vacation. Uh, uh. The Bishop PJ was on vacation in the Outer Banks or Inner Banks or Cody Banks. I don't know where he was. <laughs> he may have been on vacation with Cody Banks. Agent Cody Banks. It was an awkward vacation. Um, but while we were away, Cal, the trade deadline happened, and the NFL came back from the lockout, and that crazy madness happened that we had talked about before we left, the the free agency madness. It did. Did you, did you feel – um? Did you feel maddened? So let me tell you exactly what happened. I happened to be off. I was on vacation last week. I didn't go anywhere. You were on a staycation. I was on a staycation. Were you with Cody Banks? No. No, no, no. So Freddie Moon is nowhere near any of you. He was. <laughs> he kept trying to join the staycation. We said, no, you can't come with us. No, but what I did was I basically refreshed Twitter every 45 seconds for an entire week. Wow. So thus, thus earning the wrath of my entire family. I was just going to say, Allison must have loved this. Another, yeah. another victory for social media. <laughs> Your wife must have been so pleased. Yeah, she loved What are you? I think I got, what are you doing? A lot. More than once. And I had to explain to her, it's the trade deadline. <laughs> hey, I'm on a radio show here. I'm doing research. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for a year and a half. I don't know, you know. She didn't get it. No, but it was but it was as crazy as we expected it to be. It really it really was pretty cool. It really was very interesting. And of course, as we've talked about many a time on this program, in the age of Twitter and in the age of social media, things happen instantaneously. And you know what's nice about it, Cal? What for a, for a change? It wasn't based on one player, and it wasn't thirty seven days of speculation like Favre watch. That's true. Like it wasn't Adam, me checking Adam Schefter's Twitter account every hour or so to see where Brett Favre is going. It was like 
fast and furious. Like, this guy went this way. This guy went that way. There were a couple of obvious main players with the Namdi, Awesome Wah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how everybody knows now how to say his name? Awesome Wah? Yeah, Namdi Awesome Wah. Nobody knew how to say it before. That's right. Nobody had a chance. Nobody had a chance. I know. I used to call him 21. I had no idea how to say his name. And if you did, you went with the first name. Nobody attempted the last name. But even the, even the first name was very hard. You know, was it Namni, Nanamdi? Nobody knew how to pronounce it. Yep. And now which, every which N was silent. Everybody knows his name as he goes to. So this was the the first big changes. This was the first big Bowie moment for me, and that was Namdi going to the Eagles out of nowhere, Cal. Yeah, because he was—I mean, he was going to the Jets. It was almost—you know—I think Adam Schefter had reported it as eighty percent at one point. Yeah. So we were just wait—you know—that was the point where we were waiting for the announcement that he had signed with the Jets. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the Jets were out. Out. Well, he must be going to the Cowboys because that was the other team. Then the Cowboys were out. And within five minutes, the Jets and the Cowboys were out, and the Eagles had signed them. Unbelievable. Now, Dr. Ire punches this up for us, Cal. Are you seeing this? And this is – are you serious, Seth? Apparently, uh, Namdi said yesterday, Asamoah said yesterday, that he made up his mind in March to go to the Eagles. I, I had heard that. Is he kidding? It seems like a convenient backstory. Yeah, and it does, but it does also jive with what the Jets said. That's something the Jets would do. Um, it does also jive with what the Jets said, though, which was we made one offer, he turned it down, we walked away. We didn't wait and wait and wait and make offer after offer after offer. We waited to see if he would come back to our offer, but we only made one offer. So, I, you know... The Jets said that, and people were like, no, you held up everything. You lost Brad Smith in the interim, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he said – thanks, Seth. He said the all-pro cornerback who spurned the Jets for the Eagles on Friday revealed Sunday that he had targeted Philadelphia as his next destination long before last week. Oh, my God. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It seems too convenient. It's ridiculously convenient. Now, we're, we're doing football first, right? So well, I think so. I believe we've started. <laughs> I'll explain what the changes thing means, uh, why I keep singing that Bowie song when we get to baseball. Okay, no, but, I, it, I, but it's a good tease. I like that you're going to keep doing it until later. It is super annoying. I know that. But I will, uh, I like it all. I will, <laughs> I will explain later what I, uh, why I keep singing that. Um, <laughs> but with the football, the, the Jets went out uh, for the locals. The Jets went out and got Santonio right, right away. They obviously made him first target. And for a couple of minutes, it was looking like they were going to get Santonio Holmes and Namdi Asamoah in the first, like, 48 hours of free agency. And it was going to be, like, uh, dancing to the Super Bowl. Right. Then not so much. So they made Holmes a priority. They signed him. He took less money to come to the Jets. Santonio Holmes did. No, not much. But but he did did take a, a lower contract than he could have gotten somewhere else. That's true. Cal, it was a nice gesture. I think well, it was a nice gesture. One of the things, and I had heard him on the radio yesterday with um, Don LaGreca sure. on ESPN Radio. Sure. And – no, I'm sorry. It was today. He was on the radio today with, with Don LaGreca, and they asked him, who are the other teams that were courting you? And he said he really – he couldn't tell us that because he didn't know. 
he's, he was said, he said he wanted to sign with the Jets, and he had a figure in mind, and he told his agent, I don't want to know about anything else unless things break apart with the Jets. Okay. Again, you don't know what to believe, but right. he says he doesn't. He says he doesn't even know who else was interested. These are all convenient stories after the fact, after you've signed with the team, and you, it, this is the same thing with Plaxico Burris, who is now signed with the Jets, right? Who comes out and says it wasn't about money. Uh, it was definitely not about money, even though the Jets <laughs> offered the only the most guaranteed money. So of course it was about money. Plaxico could have gone to the Steelers, could have gone to the Giants. Neither team was offering as much guaranteed money. He went to the Jets. But after the fact, he's going to say, oh, I wanted to be a Jet all along, and uh, you know, th- this is the only place I wanted to land, and Woody Johnson showed me so much love, and they came to see me before. It's all convenience. But let's talk about this, Cal, from the local standpoint of the Jets and the Giants, who maybe somebody could let them know free agency has started. Well, they did, um, they did re-sign Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah, but they, I mean, okay, great. And, and next they go sign Kevin Boss. <laughs> yes, they, yeah, they will. They're good. The, the Giants will go about their business. It's already a good team. All right, it's a good team. They're a class organization. Class organization who cut bink, bink, bink. cut a couple of injured offensive linemen, but that's okay. You know, hey, this, they had they had it coming. They send this guy. They send that guy. They're the Giants. <laughs> but the Ahmad, well, I like the Ahmad Bradshaw deal too because they brought in Jason Snelling. Uh, and they were courting him, quote unquote, as a free agent, with no intention of signing him. Right. And Ahmad Bradshaw, of course, doesn't have a a, a bite anywhere else uh, because he fumbles the ball, you know, once every twenty seven carries. Yeah. One of the funny tweets I saw was that um, he fumbled the pen after he signed the contract. Hey, there it is. You know? This is like the old joke about Vinny Testaverde, right? He was asked to pass the gravy at Thanksgiving dinner, and he was intercepted by his Aunt May, as you right. put it across the table. Okay. One, oh, one every 40. Dr. Right. Ray it wants us to be accurate. One every 40. Uh, he, he fumbles once every 40 carries. That's not good. No. no. But anyway, they, they use Jason Snelling as a piece of bait, and uh, what do you call Bradshaw signed back with him. But the Jets targeted Holmes over Edwards, and now we're hearing things that Braylon Edwards – it was a bit of a diva mm-hmm. um, that they wanted. They didn't want to bring him back. Uh, he complained about getting the ball, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Again, these are convenient things to say when you're not going to sign the guy back. True. But there, think, is the po- there is the possibility that he could be suspended. Yes. Well, and he got in trouble again the other night. Did you see Right. This? With Jalen Rose. <laughs> of all people. Those Michigan boys... They know how to party. Was Mario Manningham nearby? <laughs> Amani Tumor, was he nearby? I, I look, I I I thought that Edwards I've always thought that Edwards was a uh a, a big time talent. He's only twenty seven years old. I wanted to see the Jets get them both back. Uh but you know, you said a Cal, Plaxico's an upgrade, right? I mean if he's got if it doesn't take him a year to come back. Right. We don't we don't we we don't know right now if he's an upgrade. You can't say that he is, but no. if if he is Plaxico, then he'll be an upgrade. And one of the things and and Dr. Ray punched this up. I didn't realize how close Plaxico and Santonio Holmes were. Yeah, no well, nobody knew this apparently, but there's bracelets, there's uh there's a lot of friendship there. A lot of yeah. friendship. There's <laughs> Santonio Holmes has a bracelet about the, Now did they but they never played together in Pittsburgh, right? No. No, no, no. I think that 
Holmes came after Burris was well, no. They might have been together at some point. Holmes' rookie year, maybe? Maybe. Because they might have been yeah, there Holmes together. Only twenty seven. Right, and Burris hasn't been gone for well And Burris is thirty three. Can we punch that up, Dr. Ray, and maybe see if they intersected? Did Either they ever, they're they're boys. Like they're they're crazy boys. Yeah, apparently. Now, Cal, let me ask you. The dream team stuff that's going back and forth with the Eagles, right? And you saw who they signed today. Ronnie Brown for a million dollars. For a million dollars. That's it. Give him what what is he doing? What right well, he wants to play on the dream team now. I guess I guess so. Now it's uh the dream team. Let's see, they've signed so they got Namdi Asamoa. They traded for Antonio Rogers Cromarty. They did not overlap. Thank you, Dr. Eric. Boy, he is. I mean, for a guy who's had a little time off, sharp tonight. Very sharp. The fastball is still there, Dr. Eric. Still throwing very hard. And, 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 and smugly looking at us on the video. <laughs> we haven't even done any shtick. Not yet. We've done no shtick. We've done, fine, fine. Take this. Take this. Now this is happening. Creeks on the China never mattered before. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket as you came through the door. No one but sometimes things get turned around. The theme from Mr. Belvedere is captured. Yeah. You can see he couldn't place it. He couldn't, no, that's right. I know that song. I, I, I know I'm annoyed, but I can't quite please it. I just pulled the Jack Black and kicked Baxter over the over the, <laughs> off the bridge. Now this is happening. How you like that? Now I'm playing Mr. Belvedere. Oh, listen to that piano. That's nice. <laughs> I so, a quick, uh, That's how quick pop culture uh, sidebar here. A quick pop culture sidebar. Yeah. Who, who was who, which former athlete was better in an awful TV sitcom? Was it Alex Karras or was it uh, Bob Uecker? Nice. Well, uh, let, we we talked about this right. It was a couple weeks ago, right, Cal? Yeah, it was. But I got I I'm gonna trump both of them. Right. Pop, we got to bring in the bishop, pop culture PJ here to answer this question. Uh, you, you've heard what the good doctor has said, have you not? Uh, uh, PJ, are you there? Are you having trouble with your mic again? This is—it's great when your producer can't get his mic to work. That's well, here he is. He's here. He's here. <laughs> There's a long delay. I apologize. I, I perhaps I'm overclicking. I'm probably overclicking. You often do. I think they have medication for that. I'm an yeah. Alex Karras fan. I'm going to come out and say it. You like Karras? Well, that's because you like him in Blazing Saddles, though. Mongo like candy. <laughs> like uh, I, you know, I just learned that Alex Karras and Susan Clark, the uh, Mrs. Papadopoulos, were married in real life. Shut up. Yes, they That's were. why they had such fantastic chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So everybody's dumping on Bob Uecker here. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go with the Uke. I mean, there was no acting involved there. Not like Karras was going to win an Academy Award. But Uecker was just being – he was doing – his baseball shtick in a sitcom. No one? Wow, no one coming with me on Euchre. No, because I'm, I'm, go, I'm going with none of the above. I've got I've got a write-in candidate. Who you got? Dick Butkus in My Two Dads. 
Oh, but that's a cameo, though. Oh, no, he was a regular. He was Kawiki. He, okay. Kawiki. He, was the, he owned the diner. I'm going to need you to take it easy, Cal. <laughs> he was also the coach on Hang Time. You know what? After, after Reggie Theus. I'm changing my vote. I'm going, I'm going with Cal. You go with Dick Butkus in my two pads? How yeah, great was he? Good, it's a much better show. Oh, much yeah. Oh, far superior show. show. <laughs> to Webster. You got, you got Riser. Come on. And Evigan. You know what? And Evigan. A couple weeks ago, Paul Riser was on WTF, guys, on the Marin podcast. Uh-huh. And he told uh, – Ev, have you listened to that one yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, the Riser one is is excellent. Like I thought I was gonna hate it. He's fantastic, and Riser talks about uh, uh, that show and getting my two dads and how he had, had like he shot the pilot like as a goof. Like he's like, "There's no chance they make this show. There's no chance." And he got called like on his way home from shooting the pilot, and they're like, "They picked it up for 13 episodes," and he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> now now what do I do? Now I've got a job." Now I've got to work with Joey Evigan now every day. Uh, but he was—he was—he was, he, he thought it had no chance to get picked up. He's like, I figure I'll do the pilot. I'll make a couple of dollars. They called him on the way home. He's like, what? What pilot? The one I just, wait. What pilot? The I one would I love jumped. to work with Greg Evigan. What's the matter with you, Greg Evigan? What did I say, Joey Evigan? Who am Don't I? Don't get started on Stacey. Don't Keen. mix him up with Joey Lawrence. He is oh, no Stacey. Joey Lawrence. <laughs> Settle down. Stacey Keenan was the, uh, what happened to her, Ev? Look it up. I'm looking it up, but I'll tell you right now, give me something in common between uh, Webster and uh, My Two Dads. I'm sorry, Mr. Belvedere and My Two Dads. Mr. Belvedere and My Two Dads. Mr. Belvedere and My Two Dads. Was Greg Evigan on both shows? No, but Chad Allen was. Chad Allen. Chad Allen, sure. Wow. What a... I mean, uh... Yeah, you should stop talking. <laughs> I still have his po- what's that now um, anyway back to the football we, 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 do, we do need that looked up though uh, where is Stacey Keenan now because I, I don't know what 13 year old didn't have a ridiculous crush on her still acting apparently not not nearly as big of a crush <laughs> as you had on Leah Remini as Alyssa Milano's friend on Who's the Ball that was Leah Remini, everybody, right? Come with? It sure uh, was. Paper Dolls. Paper. Something like that. Poison Ivy 3. Okay. Um, back to by the football. The, by, by the way, Steve, we'll talk about this a little bit later. You saw how the Met game ended yesterday, right? Come on. What, what now? That was nothing compared to what's going on right now. We'll talk about it later, though. Are they losing? You can't do that to me. I can't watch the game. It was 3-2 to two in the ninth, right? And Justin Turner threw the ball away at first base to allow two runs to score. They're now losing 4-3. It's just a circus. It's pretty funny because, Callie, you predicted this completely. Yes, you did. I, I absolutely did. I mean, not only did you predict, uh, you know, losing, but you predicted a, a complete um, uh, falling apart in the face of, uh, you know, I did all of a sudden, you know, positive nature from the media. It's amazing. Here, what happened. Here's what happened. They won. Uh, they were six two on the road trip. Everything was going great, and there was there was talk about them getting into the wild card race. And Cal said, 
watch now. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen for them. They will now lose 10 of 15. But what did I say? I said that because they don't have the trades to focus on anymore. <laughs> you got to play that again. Dr. Ray's never heard that. He needs right, it. Hold on. I'll, I'll, let me set it up. <laughs> Because they no longer had the trades to focus on, <laughs> now everybody started watching the team and thinking, hey, this is not a bad little team. Maybe they could make a run and get back in the wild card race. Since that happened, they're about to lose their fourth in a row, and they find out today that Johan Santana's done for the season. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, we were going to talk about that, yes. So we'll get, all, we'll get to that later. Yes. Back uh, to the NFL. Yeah, back to the NFL, the uh, faces, new faces in different places, although I find it tough to focus. Um, we were talking no, no, about the but, team. Yeah, we were talking about the Eagles and being a dream team. They got Vince Young, which is not very dream teamy. Right. Um, but, uh, but Vince Young was the one who said that. Cal, was he not? Was it he not, was. Was it not the accomplished Vince Young? Yeah, the backup quarterback is the one that, that dubbed themselves right. dream team. His big accomplishment is being on the cover of Madden. <laughs> that's that's what he's done in his NFL career so far. He's been yeah. on the cover of Madden. Well, they signed they signed Cullen Jenkins and Jason Babin. They brought in Vince Young. They brought in Asamoah. They signed Ronnie Brown today. They traded Cobb for uh, Marty Rogers, uh, Cromarty Rogers, and they also got picks in that deal. Who's picks? They got picks. Pick. Oh, picks. Say <laughs> like pick. Picks in. I'm sorry. He's good. He's the key to the trade. Pixon. Dominic Pixon, yeah. Yeah. He's he's another uh another guy that you make up in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, or when you're filling out your baseball stars team. That's right. Andre Pixon. He's a uh, a big big right-handed uh outfielder. Um and they uh, they also got but they got picks, draft picks in that deal. They did. They signed Babin. Now they signed Ronnie Brown today. Obviously, they're gearing up. Does anybody know, though, uh, that Michael Vick doesn't play whole seasons? They're, they're aware of this, right? They're okay with this? Well, the, but I guess they're okay with the fact that Vince Young is there now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Vince Risky. Young, if you, right, but if you're going to find a guy who's going to be the closest doppelganger to uh, uh, Michael Vick, right? I guess Vince Young, if he has to come in and play a couple of games, it should be uh, – you know, it should be uh, – you shouldn't miss a beat, really. Right. You know, so that's a good signing. And Andy Reid, you know, look, they're a well-run organization. I guess the salary cap doesn't apply to them. I guess it's just for everybody else. But, no, that's that's what's crazy about this, Steve. They signed Ronnie Brown for a million dollars. Yeah, well, now guys are going to take less to go there. Guys, right, because they, they all want to play. Because what did Namdi Asamoah say about the Eagles? He said that they're very good. What else did he say? The team to beat. What else did he say? <laughs> that they're... I can't even say it. Uh, what do you got? What did he say? What, what do you... He said he went, to, he went to the Eagles because he felt that that was the team right. that gave him the best chance to win the Super Bowl. Our favorite. Our favorite line. Right. We, we destroyed Christian Erhoff for an entire... <laughs> For an entire episode of this show, because he said he wanted to go to the Sabres instead of the Islanders. 
Nobody even knows who Christian Ehrhoff is. <laughs> right. Somewhere Christian Ehrhoff is like, why do these guys hate me so much? <laughs> I do not even know these guys. And some, some little uh, show in New York, they kill me. <laughs> they, in one, uh, one and a half hours spent ripping me. Uh, but, uh, well, that's the way he feels. Where, Dr. Ray, can you pull up some of the other big... Uh, where people have landed. This has ridiculous fantasy implications as well, Cal. I have not yeah. been able to prepare for my fantasy football draft. I don't know where people are landing. No, and it's not just free agents. There's a lot of trades going on, too. Right. You know what? So Kevin Cobb is now the starting quarterback with the Cardinals. Let's talk about the Patriots and who they brought in. Wow, you got very – look at the way you sat up in your chair and everything. Yeah, well, let's talk you about them. Cal on the video right now. His posture changed. Well, I'll tell you why, because the uh, – the Patriots brought in, um, and they brought these guys in in trades. They traded for Chad Ochocinco. Sure. And they traded for Albert Hainsworth. I'm familiar with his work. And all of a sudden, it was said that the, that the Patriots vastly improved their team in the year 2011 by bringing in Chad Ochocinco and Albert Hainsworth. Yeah, no, I I know. That was like the, the big scuttlebutt. Now they're the team to beat. Ooh, you know, they're they're... Uh, has Chad Ochocinco done anything in the last three years besides change his name? No. I mean, and besides get shut down famously by Revis in three straight games? And star in a failed reality TV show? And go on Dancing with the Stars? Well, I guess he has done a lot. I guess he's been busy. Okay. <laughs> but again, has Chad Ochocinco done anything on the football field? In the, no, seriously. I, I mean, I guess with Tom Brady... And Wes Welker and, you know, Dion Branch. And I guess that's nice. Uh, maybe he uh, gets a new life. I- I'm more intrigued by this Hainsworth signing that I guess I'm the only one who saw him play the last two years in Washington where he didn't want to play in a 3-4. Right. And was, had six and a half sacks over the last two years. But he's going to suddenly go play in another 3-4. Mm-hmm. And now he's happy. But he's going to be – but Bill Belichick is going to, you know, uh, re, reinvigorate his career. Well, why? And, and here's another one. Uh, Chad Ojosinko, I, I know he's never been in trouble with the law, but he's certainly a character. Certainly a character, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Albert Hainsworth uh, has not exactly been a model citizen either. Has served a suspension for stomping on someone's head when he was a Tennessee Titan. Not a good guy. Has has sat out plays, has has told uh, his teammates he doesn't want to play, has gone into games and tanked on purpose. It's okay you, for New England to sign all these char- high-character guys. You're questioning his character? Why, why is it, though, that when they sign questionable character guys, that's fine, because it's Belichick? Right, because when, they're a when class the Jets, organization. Right, when the Jets do it, they're assembling uh, uh, you know, the Mean Machine, part two. A gang of thugs. Yeah, it's just the double standard is a little frustrating. Did the Patriots get better? Sure. Sure. They have the law firm of Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Right. Back for another year. They're going to be tough to I, – I just – I love what Rex said. I love what he said. Can somebody else beat this team besides us? I'm challenging the rest of the league to please beat the Patriots. Like, they're hilarious. Why do people get so up in arms, Cal? Well – what are you doing? What do you keep doing in the video? 
What am I doing? For those of you who don't know, while we're doing the program, I've said this before, we uh, are on Uvu. Give them a little free plug. We're on Uvu in a video chat, so I can see Cal. Cal can see me. And we have uh, the, the highest technology, spared no expense. It's like Jurassic Park. Okay? And Cal keeps ducking out of the picture, and I don't know what you could be doing. What could you be doing? You don't want to know. I, no, I do. I, I must know. I've got a hangnail on my toe, and it's, it's bothering the heck out of me. This is the worst 30 seconds of radio. You asked. <laughs> you have done in 18 months. You asked. Listen, I'm a little tired of Rex Ryan with his, with his proclamations. I mean, it's it's great. Yes, he speaks his mind, and he, and he's good for the game, and he's a personality. But like, when is enough enough with him? But why why does every so you have Rex fatigue? Is what you're saying? Just a little bit. But why does everybody take him so seriously? I don't understand. Well, yeah. Well, that that I don't understand why people take him so seriously. I just. It just becomes tiresome to hear the same thing come out of his mouth. But like Gary, but he's going to say the same thing every year. Like, why? Why is this? Like, is a, a like Gary Myers today in the New York Daily News? This cracks me up. Like actual sports writers will say things like, make a whole article out of Rex saying, "I think this is the best roster I've had." He says in the right. first day of training camp, and Gary Myers, I don't know how he could possibly say that. This says team needs sense. Dude. It's the first day of camp. He said he thinks he's got a great team again. How do you take this seriously? And it's not. Yeah. Just, but it's not just Gary Myers writing a column, Cal. He's taking this very seriously. Why do Why do they take everything he says at face value? Like, does he, do do they do they really think he went back into his office on the first day of training camp before free agency is even over, and was like, "It's the best roster I've had." No, but this is what he says. Who cares? I see, I don't understand why people take him so seriously, but I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing it. You know, like I just get what. Basically, my reaction is, I, it's, is, I yawn. Doctor Ray, what do you want to say? Uh, recently, I heard that you know the big argument about the Pats that you know they're they're better. Um, is not so much the free the trades they made, but that they're a year older, that they're so young. Well, what about the Jets? Is not the same way. The whole core of that team is young. You got Sanchez, you got Sean Green. You know, you have young receivers. I, I don't understand what you know why they're not saying the same thing about the Jets. They're better this year because they're a year older, also. Yep, and and also it, it, it's point. a great point, Ev. And also David Harris said it perfectly. The Jets signed David Harris to a long-term deal today thus taking away the franchise tag where he was going to be due $10 million against the cap. Now they've lowered that number. They signed him for four years. That's a very good deal for the Jets, very good deal for David Harris. And David Harris said, uh, you know, they asked him, how does it feel now that the core four, which is what they call uh, David Harris, uh, Mangold, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, and Darrell Rivas are all signed. And he said, there's no such thing as a core four. It's the core 20. We're, the, we're one of the youngest teams in the league. Right. You know, it's about team. It's not about the four of us. It's about there's 20 young guys here. I mean, San Antonio Holmes is 27 years old. Yep. Mark, Sanchez, young. Mark, Mark Sanchez is 24 years old. Darrell Reeves is 26 years old. What's Cromartie, 25, 26? Cromartie's, I think, Seven. 27. You know, he's 27. <laughs> Evan's holding up fingers now. I can't. 25. Seven. <laughs> 27. Cromartie's 27. He's 93. 93 years old. Um, David Harris. 
Young. David Harris Young. <laughs> That's right. Pop culture PJ. He's, they're all too old for Menudo. That is for sure, without a doubt. Uh, I don't know. Was there a danger of them going to Menudo? Remember Menudo? <laughs> While we're at it? Oh, my gosh. Menudo. Gee whiz. Ferguson and Mangold, 27. Exactly. Taken in the same draft. This is a young team. This is a ridiculously young team. The core of this team is all under 30. So anyway, another big – you mentioned Reggie Bush going down in Miami. Did we mention Reggie Bush? No, not not on air. I want to mention – You just got to hurt sneezing. (laughs) You're saying he's fragile then? Yes, I am. What an accusation you're levying, my friend. And he's a doctor, folks. Um, He'll know if if the guy's fragile. That's right. Uh, No, but Reggie Bush goes down to Miami. That's a big sign. Now, if you're Kyle Orton, are you not calling Miami every day? Every day. Yeah. Well, they signed Matt Moore. Oh, so let's just call the whole thing off. Matt Matt Moore is the answer down there. Matt Moore is heads and tails better than uh, Chad Henney? No. As a matter of fact, at Miami Dolphin Camp, this week, the fans that gathered there actually chanted, we want Orton. Wow. You know you're in bad shape when your fan base gets a we want Kyle Orton chant going. At, at training camp. Right. At <laughs> training camp. Chad Henney's got to be like, really? Kyle Orton? Really? <laughs> really? At least they weren't chanting for Pennington, who's going up to the booth. Right. <laughs> we want Chad. Uh, and yes, Dr. Ray, I did read that. Dr. Ray brings up a great one, Cal. We would be remiss if we did not mention Brandon Marshall. This this story gets more bizarre every day. Brandon Marshall, uh, the wide receiver for the Dolphins, has a borderline personality disorder, multiple personality disorders. Is that correct? Or schizophrenia? No. What has he got? Neither of those. Sorry. <laughs> borderline personality it's kind of like a, a bizarre mood disorder where you kind of go back and forth and it's very strict black and white thinking like it's either all or nothing and you know it's it's not split personality they just have a very very sharp contrast between things that they you know believe it's bizarre is that bipolar or no it's not not technically bipolar no but it's along the same you know uh you know mood back you know, personality sort of pathway right that's not good that goes back to our show a while back. Remember that show we did with Linder? And we talked about how like we take for granted that professional athletes have the mental wherewithal to, you know, be in the forum that they're in. Right. And uh <laughs> Brandon Marshall who got a lot of money from the Dolphins, by the way. Um and they might have wanted to do I mean it's sad. You don't mean to make somebody this is a disease. This is not uh, this is a chemical imbalance. This is a, a mental disease. So we're, we're certainly not making fun of it by any means. But you have to wonder if there was a psych evaluation of Brandon Marshall, if if that's in his contract anywhere, if it's going to determine. Wasn't he? Did did he not get stabbed by his? Yeah, his wife or his girlfriend. His wife stabbed him in the stomach, um, and he came out this week in full support of her, saying that no one knows the full story, but then really didn't give the full story. <laughs> and he completely defends her act you know right. her actions. So maybe he was on one end of the bad part of the I would I would think that's story. what it was, yeah. You got to be skeptical of a guy who was stabbed and fully supports the person that stabbed him. <laughs> you you <laughs> skeptical and then, and then won't tell you the story. And then won't tell you the story. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good woman. He's got a good woman there. It's a bizarre thing. She must be. She must be some woman to put up with that. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it got to the stabbing, when you get to the stabbing point, <laughs> there's time for a marriage counselor. Something. Can we, Doctor Drew? Anybody? Get somebody involved there. In the stomach. Right. So she didn't care. She just went right at his face and stabbed him in the stomach. Maybe she had to. Oh, man. Well, oh, man. I want away from this story. Let's talk about something else. It's making me uncomfortable. And how do I draft him in fantasy, knowing this? Why not? How Do I, what, do I gamble on him now, like in the fifth or sixth round? Not if Chad Eddie's throwing to him. You know what's good, too, guys, is that I'm not selfish at all. You know, like, it's good that I'm not selfish. Like, this guy has a personality disorder. He's been stabbed by his wife. He's obviously gone through a heck of an ordeal. And my biggest concern is what round to take him in in my yeah, fantasy in my fantasy football league. Right. Oh, and by the way, the stabbing was uh, four months ago. Right. Yes. So, once again, ready to unload right on topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Tonight's episode is brought to you by Saved by the Bell and the new, the new Columbia picture <laughs> when Harry met Sally. Tune in uh, next week when we discuss the Vancouver Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh yes! Right on top of it. Any other? Uh, any other wackadoodle? Uh, wackadoodle! Wow! With the NFL? Yeah. Any anybody else uh, go places that uh, we should talk about? I think I think that, you know this is going to be. We talked uh, Cal about the short training camps and stuff like that, and the huge uh, advantage that teams that have continuity have, right? And uh, we actually hit on that like a week before training camp, and every team that has it has said it. Mm-hmm. So you know, look, <laughs> we may not be topical or on top of stories, but every once in a while, you know, we hit one out of the park and actually get something before it happens. And then take credit for it until the cows come Absolutely home. break our arms, patting ourselves on the back. Absolutely. Uh, how great are we? I love me. Who do you love? <laughs> Zach Miller signed with Seattle. Zach Morris signed with Bayside. Hi. And, uh... uh sorry. Saved by the bell again. I got it on the brain. I do. I have, uh, I have uh, Liz Berkeley on the brain. You almost wonder if someone's trying to get that theme song right now. You would wonder that. I'm just saying. Uh, what? Good night, everybody. That is not the uh, Saved by the Bell theme. I will give uh, $5 to the first one of the three of you, four of you, actually, who can sing the first, uh, the opening line of the Saved by the Bell theme. $5. Woke up in the morning... <laughs> That's close. That's close. Uh, come on, Cal. I don't know the next part. You know the chorus, though, right? Something as as the time flies by. Wow. <laughs> well, I know the I know the chorus. Sure. It's all right, cause I'm saved by the bell. And we just found out that pop culture PJ is going to have his name rescinded. You 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 officially lose that nickname. What do you mean you never watched Saved by the Bell? Wait, how is that possible? 
How is that remotely possible? How can you Cal, can I get a ruling on this? I have to think that's the worst show of all time, honestly. Uh, Top five. Uh, I'm going to have to bring Red... Uh, Red you, you need to back up your, belief, your support of why this should not be the top five worst show of all time. Come on. I need to, I need to bring Reggie Theus into the conversation. I will. Wait, okay. wasn't it wasn't worse than the college years with Bob Golick as the RA? That was bad. Bob Golick, not Bob Golick, Mike Golick. Mike, Mike no. Golick, right. No, it, no, it was Bob Golick. Bob Golick was the RA, Mike Golick hosts the radio. That's where, it, that's where it jumped the shark. PJ, you never watched Saved by the Bell. How is that possible? He played basketball. <laughs> I was in a basketball league, and I was never in the house. Not in a basketball league. You were like 23 when that show was on. That's not, that's not true. <laughs> Everybody knows your league. I swear to you, I swear, I, I, I will I wager real money, I have never, ever seen an episode of Saved by the Bell. Although I I, I did know that, what's her name, the, the Berkeley lady there, she, she, was, she was on it. Elizabeth Berkeley and Tiffany Amber Theatson. Right. Theatson. Theisman. What by, the way, by the way, Showgirls is a good movie. Good at Un- what? Underrated. You know. <laughs> Don't make me say it. Right. Good for something. Titillating. Plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for something, yes. It's useful. It's actually not bad. I, I think it's a decent movie. Gina Gershon, is that why? Or is I, I love Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, you are a big Gina Gershon fan. Do you, PJ? Do you have a Kyle McLaughlin impression for us? <laughs> Diane, I'm sitting in the Twin Peaks diner. <laughs> That's no, I don't have a Kyle McLaughlin impression. <laughs> I don't think Kyle, I don't think Kyle McLaughlin has a Kyle McLaughlin impression yeah. for us. He doesn't that know. That sounded like John like. Corbett. That did right. sound like John Corbett. Now we're gonna. <laughs> anyway, uh, never seen an episode. Uh, you're gonna have to earn back the pop culture monogram or nickname or whatever. You're gonna have to earn that you back. Want, you want the Alan Arkin that I couldn't do last night? I gave yeah. you shot for tactics. <laughs> Give us the Alan Arkin. Go ahead. You don't do that to a person. I get Gestapo tactics. You go in there to ask, answer a question, and they they treat you like that. Gestapo tactics. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Go to, go to lunch, PJ. Will, will you go to lunch? Thank you. Go to, uh, for those of you who don't know, he is quoting, uh, or he's doing Alan Arkin from Glen Gary, Glenn Ross. Believe it or not. We're, get, we're getting very, like, inside the actor's studio here. Big time. There's no, oh, I'm sorry. There's no... go, back to, go back to Greg Evigan. That, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Want my BJ and the bear? I'll do that, too. <laughs> Uh, okay, so listen, baseball had its trade deadline as well, and uh, Carlos Beltran was it was the big ticket item moved from the Mets to the San Francisco Giants. Cal, chit 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 changes. All right, explain. Okay, here's why. So the New York Mets have a video, uh, a team video that they put out uh, in I think '87 maybe. Had to be 87 or 88 because it was to celebrate their 25th anniversary as a franchise. Well, then it was 86. 86. Well, it came out in 87. Right. Right. Um, the, in the video, it's the history of the Mets. 
and there are a number of controversial trades that the Mets have made. And they commissioned a lot of really good music for this uh, th- this video. Like there's a, a song from Fiddler on the Roof when they win the World Series in 1969. And they commissioned Wonder of Wonder, Miracle of Miracles. That song for <clears throat> those of us in the theater. Um, but anyway, one of the songs that they got was Changes by David Bowie. And they used it every time there was a big trade. And they would right. show, and they would, the screen would go black and the graphic would come up, traded. Yes. It was like a picture, and the biggest one, of course, is, is Seaver, when they trade Seaver. And all of a sudden you hear the music come up, like, they, they, oh, they do it so well, and I can't find this video anywhere. And my mother has the VHS tape somewhere, down in Florida, down at the house in Florida, because I still have the VHS tape. But it's just so produced so perfectly. Like you see a picture of Seaver, and he's there. You go. Wow, he is a good producer. Now we gotta pay. <laughs> now we gotta pay. Uh, and I also think he was like holding his iPod up to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. But anyway, that comes on. So it'll say like you know, Seaver will be like, I I can't believe this is happening, and he breaks down at the press conference, and you hear. Changes. So Kevin, well, it was well done, yeah. Kevin and I, for the rest of our lives, anytime there's a trade, we will just like text like changes, and that's that's that to me equals a big trade. So that's hence the Bowie and the change. God, I wish I could find that video clip. If I find that video clip, I will definitely put it up on the website. I hope you do because it's just so it's just so well done. Uh, you know, and it just says traded, you know, um, and they do it a bunch of times. They do it for Lee Mazzilli. They do it for, uh, uh, oh, who else? Maybe Kuzman, maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Carlos Beltran is, uh, an ex-Met, one of the, probably the biggest name to change teams. Uh, and he went to Francisco and Alderson, I think did a great job here, Cal. I think he did a really good job because he had to trade him. Yeah, Beltran was going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and he had the, the unique clause in his contract where they couldn't offer him arbitration. So kudos to Carlos Beltran's agent for negotiating that one in. Right. Um, but it really it limited Sandy Alderson's options, or so we thought. Because what team is going to take on a two-month rental where, you know, sometimes you take on the rental and you know that if you lose them, you get your, your first-time draft picks. But now San Francisco is not going to get draft picks for him. Yeah, you know, and they and they so so they gave up a a top fifty prospect in baseball in Zach Wheeler. Yep, Zach, Mar- Zach Morris. Zach, all comes back to Bayside High. Um, and they and they also didn't take on the, the Mets are not responsible for the whole salary either, so they saved a little money too. Right. And 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 the biggest thing here, Cal, is that they got a big time prospect that they zeroed in on. They don't have a lot of top end arms in the in, in the uh, farm system. They have Matt Harvey, uh, Henry Mejia is hurt. Uh, Jesus Familia uh, was hurt. Uh, he just came back from the DL. They do not have a lot of top end arms in the in the organization. Alderson said, this is the only guy we want, unless it's Gary Brown. Uh, and the, the Giants said, well, we, we're not throwing Gary Brown in. They got the guy they wanted. Everybody wins. Beltron gets the team that he wants. He also goes to a team that the Mets don't play again. So they don't have to see him again this year. Um, he didn't trade him, trade him within the division. 
This was a good trade, and this was if this is the way Sandy Alderson is going to operate, man, here, here, fantastic. Well, well, this this comes on the heels of him getting rid of Francisco Rodriguez and in, in the seventeen million dollar option for next year. Right. So, so uh, he's done what he's had to do at the trade deadline. He kept Jose Reyes. Of course, the team is in a tailspin where they've lost four in a row now. Uh, but uh, he kept Jose Reyes. Uh, they got David Wright back, who's been on fire since he came off the de- uh, the DL. They should remain at least interesting throughout the rest of the the the, the campaign. I, yeah, I would beg to differ with that. Well, you know, uh, what do you, uh, you make errors. That's two nights in a row where they've had errors that have sort of one was mental, this one was physical, that have cost them the game. But poor, poor bullpen. Right. You're right. Right. But here's a larger one. So the Mets did that. Everybody knew they were going to do that. But I want to take advantage of the fact that we have Dr. E. Ray Stat back real quick and just talk about what the Yankees didn't do. Now, Ubaldo Jimenez, who was rumored to be going to the Yankees uh, and several other teams, winds up going to Cleveland. And Cleveland gives up Pomeranz in that deal. I could not believe that. I could not believe – my buddy who's the Tribe fan, my buddy Allen – the huge Tribe fan was like, before the trade down, I said, there's no chance they give him up. He is untouchable. He is the most untouchable pitcher in our organization, blah, 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 blah. So they get Ubaldo Jimenez. The Yankees, uh, the, the Red Sox get Dan Harron and Eric Bedard. Uh, <laughs> they, didn't get, they didn't get Dan Harron. They got Not Rich Dan Harron. Uh, I'm sorry. Rich Harden. Right. Sorry. I always get those two guys confused. Uh, no, the, the Harden the Harden deal was canceled, and that's how they acquired Bedard. The Harden deal was canceled because of injury oh, concern. Right. He had gotten a steroid injection a couple of week days before that's, or something. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that can't be legal. Um, so they got Bedard instead, right? Uh, but the, the Yankees stand pat. Now, does that mean, Doctor Ray, in your opinion, we're going to see Jesus Montero up the big club? Does this mean we're going to see Betances or Benuelos this year? I don't think those moves really you know, depend, you know, have anything to do with it. I think Montero is going to come up simply because I think he's ready. And I, I commented recently on a blog post on our site about that. Um, but the two kids are not ready. I mean, uh, they're they're both in their early 20s, and uh, I don't think they're anywhere near coming up this year. Uh, I think the Yankees, you know, didn't make a move because, frankly, the, the pitcher they wanted wasn't available. And the pitcher that you know in in King Felix, and, and the pitcher that they they kind of liked in Uvaldo, the price was too high. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't blame him. Why? why I, I talked to you about this all week. Why is he available? Okay, seriously, why is this guy available? He's young. He has a long contract, and he was lights out last year. So something's got to be wrong, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense for the Rockies to make that trade. And in in fairness to them, if they know something that the Indians don't, uh, or or something to that effect, they got a huge prospect from the from the Indians. Yeah, they they got the best. They possible got two actually. Scenario. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm saying pitching wise. I mean that's always what you're looking back for or looking for in that deal. But I, I think it. I think I've, though to a point. I mean, can't you see them bringing up one of the kids and putting him in the bullpen or something like that? I'm not saying bring him up as a starter. But trying to do the Jabba thing from a couple of years ago? Yeah, I can't see them going that route again. I think these kids are starters. I think that they, they screwed up Jabba. I think they potentially screwed up Hughes, although he's got six innings of shutout ball tonight, three hitter he's pitching, four strikeouts. Uh, I, I, I don't think they go that route with these kids again. I think these kids are starters, and that's all they're doing. Uh, could you imagine going down that road again with these kids? I can't. 
Now, that would be disastrous. Cal, do you think that – look, everybody knows Montero can't catch, okay? He's not a catcher. I mean, he's still a catcher. He's not going to be a major league catcher. I mean, every scout that I've heard talk about it, you know, Keith Law was on uh, with uh, with Bill Simmons the other day on the podcast talking about it's the worst kept secret in baseball. I mean, they, they, you don't you can only trade him in the American League if you're going to trade him, or you bring him up to just DH. Mm-hmm. Um, the the truth of the matter is, do you bring up Montero's bat and, and use him at DH some down the stretch uh, in in August and not waiting till. Uh, not waiting until September. Well, if you bring up if you bring up Montero, that's going to be at Posada's expense, right? Yeah, that's costing Posada at bats. But you know, who cares? I mean, right now, Arod's on the DL. You know, I know they're they're able to get by and beat up on Baltimore, but they have a huge series coming up against the Red Sox. They have a lot of games left with the Rays. They have a lot of games left with the Red Sox. I I, I just. I think at some point you have to either bring this kid up or I think they could use the bat, to be honest with you. I heard something today. Is it possible, and, and Dr. E. Ray, maybe you can confirm this, that he's got about 700 at-bats at AAA at this point? Between last year and this year. <laughs> yeah, between last year and this year. Possible. Why wouldn't it be? He's been at AAA for seven and a half years. Which seems, which seems like a lot for a top prospect. But I guess it's the fielding. They have no place to put him. Yeah, well, he can't right? catch. I mean, he's just not a catcher, I and I, 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 I think that's a, I think that's problematic. But the guy can hit. Um, the Red Sox make that move, so they do get uh, Bedard, who is coming off an injury as well and has struggled. But maybe they use him as a situational lefty. I mean, who knows? Uh, the other team that made a huge splash at the and there were a lot of guys changing places. But one thing I want to talk about real quick before we get to the fun load. Because I don't even want to talk about the Mets losing that game four to three tonight on a two-run error by uh, uh, Justin Turner, uh, because it's just I just I can't I can't do it I can't do it now I can't read the papers tomorrow it's just it's a debacle. Just wait till you see it. Is it a routine play and he just throws it away or? Uh huh. That's fantastic. Um, but the Phillies get Hunter Pence from the Astros. For, you know, I guess three young prospects. I mean, at some point, I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to sound, you know, sour grapes here, but. But you but go there. Because well, I, I mean, the same way. When do we, when do we scream collusion here between Ed Wade, the GM of the Astros and Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Phillies? When, when is collusion screamed from the mountaintops here? I mean, come on. And you know what? This stuff happens in the NBA all the time. Why can't it happen in Major League Baseball? You know, look at the trade that the, look at the, trade that the Celtics, I mean, the, uh, the Lakers got. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, that's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. In a fantasy draft or in a fantasy league, your commissioner would have rejected the Hunter Pence trade. I, I mean, come on. Come on now. It's enough. I, it, I think I think the big I think the bigger issue is is what are they doing in Houston to that team? Well, they have because the, because the Michael Bourne trade would have been rejected too. The Michael Bourne trade that was even worse. Right, they traded Michael Bourne, Bourne to the Atlanta Braves for Jordan Schaefer, uh, who is a marginal major league player at best. Right, and two two almost like non I mean decent prospects gave up an everyday center fielder for free. But but that's you know what what is going on? 
between Ruben Amaro and 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 Ed Wade. Well, this is, comes on the heels of last year too with Roy Oswald. But here's what here's what bothers me the most here, Cal, and what I can't seem to get an answer on is these are not guys who are free agents at the end of the year. These are not rentals. No, these are guys under contract. These are guys under contract. I know. The Phillies still have Roy Oswald. The Phillies are going to still have Hunter Pence next year, and they haven't given up a major league player yet except J. A. Happ. J. A. Happ, really? J. 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 Happ. J. A. J A. What is he? P A Parento? No, he goes. He goes by J now. Oh, for God's sake! His name is J A. Live with it. J Hap. Uh, fine. Uh, whatever. Hap over there. Anthony goes, who had, was since traded for Brett Wallace, who was sent down last week. Right. And Jonathan Villar. Uh, yeah. That's that's the Roy Oswald trade for J last year. Right. How had that work out a year so, later? So basically, Jay Happ is the only major leaguer in that deal, and he's not that good. And he, he, he's not even close to that good. So they, so the Phillies have gotten from from their good friend Ed Wade, uh, Brad Lidge, which won them a World Series because he only went fifty eight and fifty eight in save chances. But they traded Michael Bourne for him. Yeah, but follow, but follow the path. Yeah. Now they just traded Michael Bourne for two bags of shells and uh, tickets to Cass, which is not even running anymore, as anybody knows. No, but it's not even Cats on Broadway. It was K-A-T-Z, Cats. It was J-A Cats. Right. That's what it was. It was (laughs) J-Cats. They trade trade Oswald and Pence for one major leaguer. For one major leaguer. Uh, Come on now. I don't know why and that's these are guys, And these are guys under contract. I mean, come on now. Enough. It's frustrating. And they're the best team in baseball. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's just it's collusion. How is it not collusion? Ru- Ruben Amaro Jr. was the assistant GM to Ed Wade. Ed Wade gets fired. Ruben Amaro Jr. takes over. Ed Wade goes to the Astros and gives all of his best players to the Phillies for a song. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, Dr. Ray says Namdi Asenwa just signed with the Phillies. Uh, close enough. He signed with the Eagles. Uh, you know what? The, the, the Philadelphia fans in general got to calm down. They really got to settle down. Really, it's enough now. You know, they're really, especially with Namdi supposedly spur, uh, spurning the Jets and going to Philly. Right. Uh, it's the, it, and then everybody drew the parallels to the Cliff Lee trade. Right. You know, Cliff Lee supposedly spurned the spurned the Yankees and went to the Phillies, and you know, enough now. Okay, take it easy, Philly. You have one World Series to show out of all of this. Okay, you have no Super Bowls. You have one World Series. All right, so enough now. Anyway, that's my two cents on the collusion issue. Collusion, Cal. Collusion. All right. Collusion, collusion 2011. That's right. Collusion watch. Collusion watch. <laughs> anyway, if, if only we had music like that. If only we had music that sounded something like it. Uh, let's... Collusion watch, 2011. <laughs> you knew I'd find a way to use that again. You knew I, I would. Collusion oh, watch. <laughs> Ed Wade, you panda jerk. And he's a lame duck GM, Cal. They've well, that's, that's another problem. So, he, uh, whatever. Hey, let's. You want to do something fun right now? Let's yeah. let's do the fun load. 
You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. I, I don't I don't know if Dr. Ira has heard this. Yes, that's right. It's time for the RTU Fun Mode, brought to you by Fun. I think I heard Alan Thick this time. Yeah, every every time we play that, Ira, we hear a different voice. That that PJ somehow cajoled into the studio and added to it. And this week's voice is Alan Thick. I think it's Alan Arkin. Could be. I think it's actually Alan Arkin. Alan Alda. Uh, it could be. You want a fun load? I do a fun load for you. What? <laughs> it could be Alan Greenspan. It could be a lot of people. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, we're going to do a little RTU fun load action. Uh, two things I want to or, – or, Peach, do you have something for the fun load? What is that? What does that mean? That means last, <laughs> last time we did the fun load, you surprised us with a game show. Exactly. Boy, we, we take – we have taken the stick beater fight. It is through the roof right now. Wait, does this mean we have another game show? Are we doing a game show again? I just have a couple of... Just, if you guys were going to talk Jets, I had a couple of Jets things for you. That was all. Okay. Nothing, nothing important. Let's talk Jets then. Let's do a couple of Jets questions. We've got Dr. Clay. Stat here. All right. Well, let's end that music right there. <laughs> we are, we are going to have to start paying for that one soon. That's correct. We keep using that every week. All right, let's have it. What is the original Fresh Prince song? <laughs> I like how you put it in, in the form of a question too. Like that's such a that's such a prerequisite for a game show <laughs> that it's so built into our heads. What is the original theme music for The Sopranos? Um, can you uh, can you name for me? Can you tell me the circumstances uh, behind the first NFL game played where the two quarterbacks were over the ages of uh, forty years old and they, they competed in a regular season game against each other? One of them is Vinny Testaverde, right? Who's the other one? Doug Flutie. Anybody else? Anybody else want to jump in and help me out here? No. Or are you going to let me do this show to a screeching halt? <laughs> the ent- uh, yes, you are correct. It's Doug Flutie v. Vinny Testaverde in the 2005. That's right, because remember they had to sign Vinny back because Pennington and Fiedler got hurt. Mm-hmm. And they signed Vinny back to finish out that season. He was also he also threw a touchdown pass to Coles. He was like the oldest guy to throw a touchdown. Bingo. All right, next. Good job, Steve. Excellent. Oh, are we, are we, uh, are we losing Dr. E-Ray's stat here? Ah, uh, very good. Well, thank you. Thank you, E-Ray. We'll see you next time. Later, boys. <laughs> he, he just took the sexual chocolate exit, by the way. What, what I guess <laughs> he doesn't like your game show. Mr. Randy Watson. I was going to say, 
I whipped out the theme music and the and and the questions, and that's it. He checked out. That's he it. He just left. Gone. That's it. All right, give me wrong give me. signal from Doctor E Ray. <laughs> Message received. He's nothing if not subtle. Wow. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we better right, we better jump, we better jump just in do and one this one. And, then, and then move on. Of uh, of all the NFL teams that the Jets trade to and or with, they trade the majority of players throughout team history. What other team? Who have they traded with the most? What do you got, Cal? Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Miami. I'm gonna say the Eagles. The New England Patriots. Get at it! Get at it, Dodge. That's ridiculous. Through throughout team history, the majority of trades have been with New England Patriots. They made the most trades with the Patriots. That's retar- That's uh, ridiculous. It's why. <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. That okay, music. Fun, is it's a, it's a fun load. Here's, let me let me interrupt. It's a fun load. Here's a fun stat. Yes. Tell, tell me if this is true or false. Since 1960, the third game of the season, if the temperature at the start of the game was in the 70s, the Jets would lose by three points. Wait, since 1960? Well, since the, you know, since the beginning of the. Uh, oh, since in going, since going back to the Titans. Going back to the Titans. If the temperature of the third game of the season was in, in the, the 70s, the Jets they lose would lose by, by three, three points. points. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. That is true. Ding, ding, ding. I don't know who looked that up. <laughs> how many how many games is that by the way? Do they say? No, no. Oh. <laughs> we don't have that information. No, there was no asterisk or anything. Nice. A little then, jet uh, fi- uh, a little jet show. Go ahead. What do you got? But, but this is the final. This is it then I'm out. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, going over the last 7 years. Uh how many times have the Jets gone 11 and 5? Last year. Uh, over the last seven years, last year, once. How many times have they gone four and twelve? <laughs> Twice. Very good. Ding, ding, yes. Ding. Once under Herm and once under uh, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens, Cal, when you have a great producer. He will leave no segment undone. I think you just want a dinette set, Steve. I just just guessed correctly on the Hormel Chili. You won both showcases tonight. I'm going to say it's higher than 239. (laughs) (laughs) Can we play Plinko? Yes. By the way, how has that not a great... How has that not been a band name? Plinko? Plinko. Plinko. Oh, good band name. Guys, this is this is the other thing I wanted to grab in the uh, in the fun load where we got a couple of minutes. I'm, and uh, Doctor Iray, wish you hadn't left, but he, he probably actually had to go feed uh, the children because uh, <laughs> apparently he's live aid. Uh, <laughs> apparently he's, he's USA for Africa. Um, Bob Geldof. Bob, <laughs> thank you, Cal. That's what I was trying to <laughs> trying to get to Bob Geldof. Um, I was thinking about this today. And I, uh, about this idea that 
uh, so Mad Men isn't on again until next March, right? And there's a lot of debate going. There was an article on Grantland.com about how Breaking Bad is better than Mad Men and uh, Mad Men and The Wire, and that's a show that Dr. Ray Stat, uh, Mad Men, I got him into, and he watched like all four seasons in like two months, gearing up for what was going not going to take place until next March. But I know it's possible to get into a TV show as much as you get into sports. Especially for now for you, Peach, I know it's you know, this is you would get into that more. But for us, for the sport freaks that we are, this is saying something. So now my question to you guys to open up this idea is what does it take in a show? A TV show to get you into it as much as you would be into Cal the Mets or the Jets. What makes it that level of adoration? Specifically about the show? Yeah, or and give me some shows and then give me, you know, give me what it is about them that, you know, is it the, that the characters, is it that you just can't wait to see the next one, is it the serialized aspect of it, is it the comedy, whatever. This, is, this isn't a fun load topic. This is like a Comic Con panel topic. <laughs> <laughs> you should be up on a stage, sitting sitting at some picnic tables with a microphone in front of you. Let's welcome in John Favreau now, and uh, we're going to talk Thanks. about uh, and 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 Kevin Smith and George uh, Takei and George Takei. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my! Oh my! Um, no, but seriously, like I, I was as into Mad Men when I was catching up on those two seasons on DVD as I was into the Jets. Like that, it was that close. I was like looking stuff up online during the week. Mm-hmm. Was you know trying to not to get teasers, but to get teasers and mm-hmm. it, it, what it, what is it? What what is it about like Breaking Bad or The Wire or Mad Men? That's how I was with Lost. Okay, great. Explain this to me, Cal. When Lost was on. Now, Lost, that was, a, that was a unique show because they they threw so many different twists and turns into the show and made you think about it so much. So it wasn't that it was like as serialized as some of the other shows that you mentioned. So, so what hooked me with that show was where are they going with all of this? You know, they, they would do something and then in the last three minutes of, of, a, of an episode, they'd drop something. And you'd be like, what the, whoa, now where are they going with it? And you would spend the entire week trying to figure out where they're going with it and what happened prior to that to get them to that point. Okay. But, so that, but that's an example of a, of, of, of a show that, that, that hooked me. Right. There's a cliffhanger aspect to that, though, too. Like they had a huge, <laughs> what is happening? Are you holding up your little three-inch speakers to the phone again? No. Um. PJ, you're a big, you know, we're talking about Lost. You're a big Twin Peaks guy. Yeah. How did Twin Peaks take you in and draw you in? And you followed, and you you trivialize over Twin Peaks. Like, if we asked you questions about Twin Peaks right now, you'd knock them out of of the park, like we do with the Jets. Right. You know, so how how does it get to that level for you with a TV show? Well, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was, uh, at the time, a truly unique program. Yes. The plot, the storyline was was crazy. It had 36 main characters. 
You know, the the director was a surrealist and absurdist, you know, but he was doing television. Right. Um, and you were either on that frequency or you weren't, and I was on that frequency hard. Right. So it be, it became, I mean, there were only seven episodes when it premiered. And uh, I, I, I couldn't live over that summer waiting, <laughs> waiting for it to come back. And it was, you know, it wasn't even, they didn't even release it on VHS tape or anything. It was just gone. It wasn't like, you <laughs> yeah. love Twin Peaks, now buy the box set. And it, no, there was, no, they didn't do that. It was right. 1990. Right. They didn't do that. You had to just sit tight. Right. And read magazines about it. Interesting aspect to this, guys, that, that just occurred to me. So you're talking about. One of the things that I love about sports, I think that Cal loves about sports on a nightly basis is that it's unpredictable, right? So any time, any, every night that I tune into a Met game and I watch a Met game, it's going to be different than last night's game. No two games are ever identical. There's an unpredictability about it. Uh, same thing with, you know, uh, I go to watch the Jets on Sunday we can break down every stat. We can know what we know, but we have no way of knowing how the game is actually going to turn out until you Drama watch. Drama without a script, as Bob Costas said. <laughs> yes, that's right. And Bob did put it poetically very well, and that's exactly right. It's it's now these shows that you guys are talking about, the Losts and the Twin Peaks. Granted, Twin Peaks in a different era, Lost with Twitter and social networking again. Uh, you can re with DVR, you can rewatch it, look for clues, that sort of thing. But what I'm hearing is that there's an there was an unpredictability there because they were so unconventional. That's very similar to a sporting event. That every episode you didn't know what was going to happen. You had to watch. You could speculate. You could go over all the stats. You could go over the matchups. You could go over the previous episodes. You could look at what the characters were supposed to do, but you didn't know. I got another one because you you know my other big one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, you can throw that in if you like. (laughs) The thing that was great about Buffy was that any character was up for grabs. Right. Just because you were a main character didn't mean that you lived. Yes. Right, which is very – and again, I think we're seeing a theme here and a connection that one of the things I, I love about sports I, – I, I don't want to speak for you, Cal, and we have a radio show, so I don't need to. Uh, but the, that I – No, no, but that I, I, I love the unpredictability of, of sports. You know, when I tune into a game, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. On any given Sunday, my team can win. On any given night, my team can win. Uh, it's unpredictable. It's it's. I, I like that drama without a script. Yeah, my brother-in-law likes to call sports, or he, he says the, the the Mets are the best reality show on television. Forget your Survivor and forget your American Idol. Right. It's the Mets. Right. And, and I and I think these shows that we're talking about, Mad Men has that quality. Uh, I think you know they're, they're, uh, the Sopranos certainly had that quality. Yeah, where, where you do, you know serialized television. Now let me ask you guys. We've talked about dramas and AMC ones, by the way. Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> congratulations to AMC uh, with the Breaking Bad and everything. But um, comedies. 
Whereas a comedy, I, I love serialized comedy. I love, you know, Seinfeld's one of my favorite shows, period, of all time. Same factor? Not so much for me. Uh, Arrested Development made me a thematic so, because it was so out there. Yeah, certainly. Right. Arrested Development, I think, fits the mold, right? Fits the mold of you never knew what you were going to see week to week. Oh, no, you never knew what No. What was coming on that one? You see, for me with a comedy, it's like if it's a re- if it's really good and I crack up for a half an hour, I can't wait to see it again because I want to laugh again. Okay. You know, I want to see what what are they going to do next week to the, the that's that's funnier than what they did this week. You know, that's what I look forward to. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm right now is a good one. But I think Curb is very unexpected. It's very, oh no, that's what I mean. It's very unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do week to week, episode to episode. I, guys, I, I got to throw The Simpsons out there too. And The Simpsons is the longest running, longest running TV show of all time that exists in this world where they can do anything they want. I mean, it's a lot like sports. Right. You know, anything on any. It's exhausting. Right. <laughs> it's just simply exhausting because I I lost about ten years there. And I'll never catch up. <laughs> right. But that but that's you know what? Also like sports with the Simpsons, you could be gone for ten years. You could not watch a Met game for two years. You go back and watch a Met game, it's still baseball. Right. You go back and watch a Simpson episode, Bart's still eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like the Simpsons is that rare show that exists unto itself in its own universe. It can do anything it wants within that universe. Yet stays current. Yet stays current. Yeah. But again, talk about unpredictable or talk about you never know what's going to happen on any given episode. Well, no, another example of that is South Park. Sure. You know, South Park. I love me some South Park. I think that's but, a very special show. I, I think it's it's an unbelievable show. And to see where it's grown to, to become a complete, very up-to-the-minute sounding board – for current events or what's going on. But I think that's the other thing about that show that makes it different than anything else. Is that it's so current? Is that it's such a sounding board, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so current. It's such a reflection of like, that's one thing you don't get in sports. That's one thing you absolutely do not get in sports. Now, the only difference, Cal, I'll throw this out to you, right? You flip on the MLB channel, MLB network, Right, right. And you're watching a Met game from 1991. Okay? Although I don't know why you would want... Why? <laughs> but they're, they're showing a classic game or something like that, right? Okay, yeah. What's the only difference you're going to notice? Still baseball. It's baseball, but just visually it looks different. Exactly. The players are bigger now. Right. The players are huge now. The uniforms were smaller. <laughs> the uniforms are, are skin tight. Right. And actually uncomfortable. The graphics are... Uh, and the graphics. The graphics dated. are the big thing you would know. Now, if you were at that game in 1991, and you were at that game next week, still baseball. Yeah. Guys are still throwing 90 miles an hour, you know, 95 miles an hour, and guys are still hitting fastballs. Still baseball. It's true. It's not a... It, it, the only, it doesn't reflect current events. You know, other than the size of the guys, really, right? Same with football. Again, the technology is more, the guys are bigger, the game is faster, but it's still football. 
Right, the core of the game is the same. Does it Always. doesn't reflect anything socially, you know? No. You, you can make the argument in baseball that there's less African Americans. That would be the biggest difference you see you saw between 1985 and now. Right. Far less African Americans in baseball and far more Latin American players. But as sports fans, that's we we go back for the game. That's it. We're, we're not going back for any any hook. Bingo. That's trying, to, that's trying to bring us in. We're going back for the game, which is the core, you know. Yep, and your team. You're going back for your team. And your team. Right. Whereas South Park is so current and such a reflection of modern times, that's a little different than like a Mad Men, where you tune into Mad Men because you don't know who Don Draper is going to be banging this week. It could be anyone. I start watching that show. Hi, yeah, again, you have officially lost the pop culture uh, moniker tonight. It's gone. I don't watch it either. You're going to have to earn that. Yeah, but Cal, you're not called pop culture Calvi. No, I'm not. That's true. You started to call me that. I never called myself that. But you, but you were doing such a wonderful job. You earned that, PJ. You earned that. And now... Very, you're, very, you're both very silly. Very silly. PJ. You've lost <laughs> You've lost it. You're not allowed to have it anymore. You've got to earn that back. You've got to watch Mad Men. I have the DVDs. I'll give you the DVDs. How's that? I'll take them from you. That sounds good. <laughs> Apparently, you've got plenty of time to catch up. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, that uh, that's good. Dis- that was a Comic Con discussion, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was fun, though. I feel good about it. I feel. I feel it's. I. I. I think we drew a very interesting corollary between. Uh, uh, or correlation between sports and these TV shows. Again, the unpredictability factor. I, I personally cannot friggin' wait for Mad Men to come back. I can't wait. I think sports is more escapist than, than TV shows. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, we were just about to end the show, and now you throw that out? Oh, boy. Yeah, because uh, because a sports fan that keeps coming back is 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 so deeply invested. I mean, you know, these, these are the people that use the possessive pronoun, you know, we won, instead of, you know, the Mets won. I don't yeah, know anybody don't, like that. Who does that? I don't know anybody like that. But I, I think for that, for that reason, um, you, you know, you're caught in a lifelong soap opera. Buffy was only seven seasons. I'm out. <laughs> That's right. Was it only seven seasons? You want you want to get into this? The first season was only thirteen episodes. In total, they made one hundred and forty-five. Right. But if you divide that down, it's uh, it's uh, seven seasons. And the eighth season was completed in comic book form. That's right. Now, did you follow them over to Angel? No. Okay. I won't do that. Good. Good for you. Now, uh, Cal Angel, is that a true story? <laughs> But a blind superhero. <laughs> that's uh I think that's gonna do it, boys. I think that's I think that's where we'll end. <laughs> it's a good place to check out. <laughs> that is all the time we have on uh for this episode of Radio Unload. Special thanks to Dr. E. Ray Stat for coming all on back, joining us tonight. Hopefully he'll be able to uh to join in many more episodes coming up. Real quick plug, check out Metsblog.com, Matt Zerone's Metsblog. Uh, and the SNY.TV series of blogs. Ted Berg has a great blog there called Ted Quarters. And, of course, our old friend Patrick Flood at PatrickFloodBlog.com. 
these are some great stuff that we're reading. These are friends of the program. They've been on the program. They're great. And uh, hopefully we'll be having them back. I think we're going to have Ted Berg on, Cal, uh, maybe next week. Great. Either, either next week or the week after. Ted uh, has agreed to come on the show and, and uh, just BS with us. Taco Bell will be mentioned. Very cool. He's got, he's got a whole tab on his website for Taco Bell. Very funny stuff. So check that out when you get a chance. And also check out our website, www.rtusports.com, uh, for Daniel Alderondo's uh, weekly blog post now. Daniel's uh, writing for us. He's writing some great stuff. And uh, so, so definitely check that out. And Pop Culture PJ, thank you for joining us. Uh, you have made a vow for next week. What's next week's vow? No sound clips. No shtick. No shtick. Right Next here. week will be a shtick-free show. Except for impressions. I'll be doing impressions all night. Yes, that's fine. Those, those we can't live without. Huh, really? no shtick. Yo. <laughs> do it do again. It. <laughs> uh, nothing like an alf to cleanse the palate. Final unload, Cal. Uh, my final unload is... You know, we talk about all the negative in sports, but, but a good guy got some good news today. And Gary Carter got a very positive medical prognosis today on, on his battle with brain cancer. So uh, keep fighting the good fight, kid. Yeah. We're all with you. We wish, kid. Well, and, uh, my final unload is uh, a simple one. It's uh, to the residents of Nassau County. Uh, when that arena is vacant and your taxes go through the roof, and you will no longer have the Islanders to kick around, you will get exactly what you deserve, which is nothing. That's all the time we have. We'll see you next week on Radio Talent. Good night.